0: Hello everyone and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Allison, your host of today's show. I'm here with our co-founders Lynn and Tina as well as content director Rachel. Today's topic is keeping up hope when job prospects don't work out. We'll be discussing staying positive, improving your marketability, and dealing with gender bias in the hiring process. So the first question I want to start with Lynn and that is how do you deal with rejection and how do you keep from getting discouraged?
1: Well, the first thing I want everyone to keep in mind is that rejection is normal and it's an everyday occurrence, you know, at work and in life. And, you know, and I'm going to give you a few examples such as submitting a project proposal and it's not approved, Um, asking to set up a meeting and they don't do it, (laughs) Um, not getting that call back um, or even the chance to interview, you know, and that's really what what we're talking about. And getting back to the question is how do you deal with rejection and and not getting discouraged? And so I think there's a really simple answer and and that's to be proactive. You know, one, do not take it personally um, because that's going to lead you down this deep, dark path and and you don't want to go there. Okay. Uh, And also the people who are Are doing the going through the resumes, who are doing the interviews. That's not their intention in any way. Okay, so uh, two. I think it's really important that you celebrate you. You know, reach out to your friends and family, people who are going to lift up your spirits, who believe in you, and can help you when you know you you do get bummed out. Okay, when you don't get the call back, you don't um you don't get the job, and you thought you did really well. You know, that's just a natural part of you know, getting a little, you know, dang, you know, but reach out so you can get right back and get back to your focus. And, and finally, what I want to say is learn from the rejection. Because repetition, you know, this is a sort of a painful repetition, right? But if you can learn from this and you can move forward, um, that is one of the most important things that you can pull out of this. Um, you know, when you are in those final interviews, um, and, and they, you don't get the the job or you don't get the callback, you know, reach back out to them and ask them why you were not a candidate. You know, what essentials were they looking for? Um, you know, alternately ask a a peer or a mentor to review your resume, uh, practice your interviewing skills, you know, explore new ideas. Um, you know, because all of that, doing all those activities that repetition is going to build your skills um, so that you can be more positive and more proactive. And at the end of the day, that repetition really is going to improve your confidence and ultimately your performance in, in the interviews. And that, that's sort of my two bits. Um, Tina, do you, what, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I like a couple things that you that you mentioned, Lynn, and I'd like to, to expand upon them a little bit. Absolutely. When there is rejection, or anytime we're we're out and and uh, putting ourselves out there, uh, and and have an opportunity for someone not to like what we have to say, or or decide that that perhaps we're not a good fit for a particular uh, situation or organization, uh, it really is is the idea is not to take things personally. Do not take things personally. Um, these are situations, and they're um, it, to be dealt with on an on an individual basis. I really like um, what you had to say about um, you know ask questions. If if this is a, a, a position that that you were interviewing for, um, ask questions as to are there why, why was I not a candidate? Why why do you think that uh, that my skill set what what within my skill set didn't match? Um, uh, what what you were you were seeking and these are also questions that could be asked during the interviewing process as well to to stay to stay proactive and stay on top of of the uh, the conversation but uh, and also ask if they have any other ideas are there other positions available within the company is is do you see me as a fit for another position within the company? Do you happen to know of any other opportunities that are out there? Start to build that network of uh, of contacts, and take this back and and retool, and uh, uh, be ready for the for the next opportunity. But it's so important to stay positive and to and to. Uh, you also mentioned Lynn about having a great circle of a network of friends and family. Um, and that's helpful, too, to, to ask them, be sure that you're sharing the fact that you're going through these, the interview process, or that, that you're, you're seeking um, uh, acceptance for, for a position or uh, a job, and be sure that people know that in, within your circle. Because if they don't know it, they don't know how to, how to help or how to be positive for you. Uh, and it's, it's really helpful to, to share that. Rachel, do you have any ideas that you'd like to share on this? Well, yeah, both you,
3: Tina, and Lynn, you mentioned how um, when you're rejected from, for example, a job, it's, it's not personal. But whenever I do get rejected, I do take it personally. Even though, of course, I know that it's not personal because they're just trying to fill a position and find someone who best matches it. But just because you know it's not personal doesn't mean it doesn't kind of hurt. And when you are in pain, Um, I think, of course, you should take a moment to experience those feelings. Um, Throw yourself a pity party, wrap yourself in a blanket burrito, take a bath not while you're in the blanket, probably. Um, Watch some Netflix. Uh, Do whatever you take, but um, also reach out, as Tina mentioned, to your support system with people who, if they're available to you, to people who think you're awesome and want you to be to do the best you can, who are able to comfort you while you're in that blanket burrito, and then also able to help you get back up on your feet and get back out there. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, as someone who's struggled a lot with anxiety and depression during my life, if you're not able to get out of that pity party or get rid of those dark feelings, then you, I do encourage you to get professional help if it is available to you to seek help with your feelings, to uh, get to not only help you deal with these feelings of rejection but also give you the tools and self-knowledge to get back out there and get back into the job hunt. So yeah, that's that's my take on
0: that. Great. So, let's move on to the second question and that is how can you improve your chances of getting hired? And uh let's let's start with Rachel on this one. So, um Lynn and Tina both talked about this a little bit with the last question. So
3: the answer to how you can can improve your chances of getting hired is probably not one that you're going to like, but it's to ask. So if you were rejected from your last job, do the last thing you would ever want to do and call them or email your point of contact that you were speaking with during the hiring process and ask them why they didn't hire you. Ask them about what in your resume or in your interview gave them any cause for concern, if there was anything, and sometimes there just wasn't, there's just someone who is better. But do ask them and see what their feedback would be. And then if it's available to you, talk to a career counselor, for example, at your alma mater. Um, Show them your resume. They might have ideas of how you can restructure your resume to really showcase your skills and your experience to make you really shine. And then, finally, the last people you should ask are your friends and your family members. These are people who have been through this process, who love you and know how awesome you are, and they want your resume and your interviewing skills to show your awesomeness in the best possible light. So they will really look for ways to help you um, improve your resume and do mock interviews with you to help you really improve your, your interviewing skills and showing off how great you are. What do you think, Lynn?
1: Well, I'm going to put a little twist on that because I think one of the most important things is to to get real constructive criticism on how you can improve and that you need to be prepared to listen to that. And sometimes that won't necessarily come from friends or family um, and it, it may come from, it may be able to, um, but also from peers, um, uh, potentially a mentor. Um, and you know, Though that is so important, and, and to your point of, of, of brushing up your resume um, and really speaking um, to that position that you're applying for, uh, researching the company, the position, speaking in their language and their culture, um, really putting your skills in a very um, positive, um, strong language, because that's one thing I think that women often do. Um, don't do. Um, we, you know, it's sort of like we're always, you know, sort of mild and, you know, oh, well, you know, certainly when we're talking about ourselves, we don't do as much sort of bragging um, uh, as men will. And so we really do need to put out our skills and the, the, that things that we've accomplished and what we bring to the table and, and speak to that um, assertively. I, I think you had a great point about practice being interviewed. And once again, you you may want to do that with um, peers, uh, with a mentor. Uh, There could be some different um, community opportunities for you to practice that in other ways. Um, You know, prepare questions. If you get into that, that interview, whether it's you know, on phone or or virtual or in person, you know, prepare questions about the company, about the industry, um, about the position. And once again, if you've done your research, you've done your homework as it is, um, you're gonna be able to speak um, more in their language and within their culture and and their industry acronyms. Um, I think it's, and to your point, it is so important to ask for the sale. In this case, ask for the job. If you don't ask, you're never going to get a yes. You ask for the job. Once again, that shows that you're ready to get started. When can I get started? You know, I am excited to be here. You know, when can when do you want me to come in for my first day? Um, I I think it's important also to to when you don't get the job. Once again, remember to connect with those individuals on LinkedIn to build your network. That was a great point that Tina just had made. Um, Thank them. you know, send them a personal um, invitation on LinkedIn. Don't just use their, you know, the default. Make it personalized. Let them remember who you were. Um, uh, thank them by, via email or a phone call. Send them an actual handwritten note. You know how odd that is these days? <laughs> I know that's that's a favorite thing that, that Tina, you like to do, and, and I'm sure you've got some great ideas here. Yeah,
2: thanks, Lynn. So, I do think that there are some things that can be done during that interview process to to help your chances, to help to help our chances of of getting hired. And one it's a a question that that I like to ask right up front is what what about my resume? What was it in my resume that interested you enough to call me in? And it's the beginning of a conversation. What is it that about me that that or about my background? what what was it that that was of interest to you and and during during the conversation if we consider it a conversation as opposed to the interview where someone's asking me questions and I have to respond it's really a it's a conversation because not only are 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 we being interviewed by a company but that company that company is 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 being interviewed by us truly it, it just as just as much as am I a good fit for this for for you asking that question do you see me as a good fit within this culture is tell me a little bit about the culture so that I and internally we're thinking gee I wonder if this is a good a good fit for me I wonder if it, it, because it's a two way it's it's am, am I a good fit and are they a good fit for me right so and I think that that also provides maybe a a an internal sense that there's some control here that it's not just all about whether or not they like me it's about whether or not we're a good fit and so that's why I really like that question do you see me as a good fit um, also at the at the as, as Lynn had mentioned about doing research about the company research the company research the the individuals if you can LinkedIn is a great place to be doing that um, and and ask questions about the uh, the company interviewers like to see that in that the people that they're interviewing have taken the time to 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 do a little background and be sure go in prepared to ask a question either about the company or about the industry or you know what one other question I like to ask is what makes a person successful in this position what is, it, what is it that, that uh, successful people have in common in your company? Not just in this position, but just in the company. What makes a success in this company? So doing that research is very, very important. Um, and I always like to, to end an interview uh, somewhere along the line asking, do you see me as a candidate? And what are the next steps? What is your process? So at least then I have an idea of, what the time frame is and I'm not sitting waiting by the phone or waiting for an email or a letter I'm I know I have an idea of what the what the time frame is and absolutely Lynn those thank you notes you know I'm a stickler for that I love to get my thank you notes out thank you in a handwritten note is just is so unusual these days absolutely depending on the timing get a thank you email out thank you for your time and I've, this is what I appreciated about the the interview but follow that up with a handwritten thank you note that they'll get a couple days later and that again that keeps you in mind and and something memorable about what you talked about or I appreciate the fact I understand it's going to take several weeks for you to make a decision and I look forward to checking back with you in you know the 15th of October whatever that that is just give yourself let them know that you were listening to what their next steps were.
0: Those are all really great suggestions. Let's move on to the next question. I want to ask Tina, um, how should you deal with being rejected in a male dominated field? Well, this is is an interesting
2: question. I think it's how should I deal with being rejected, which we kind of did with the first question. Male dominated field, in my estimation is 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 not an accurate term um, I think that there are maybe back 40 years ago it was male-dominated but I think that women are have the ability to have the ability to go into any industry these days I don't think that I think that it's limiting to, to consider a, a male-dominated field that I'm not able to go in because it's there they're primarily men in there if you don't feel that you have what it takes to go in and work with those men then you shouldn't be going in and interviewing there there's you're only limited a person is only limited by the limits that they place on themselves so um how should I deal with being rejected in a male dominated field I would take that away from I I, that would not even be in my in in my thought process it would be the same as how I would deal with being rejected in any other in any other fashion and I think placing a label on the fact that it's a male dominated field is an excuse I, I really I feel very strongly that uh, that in today's we're, what year are we in 2016 that there may be fields where there are predominantly male um, but it's only because there aren't women that haven't gone in and said yes I can do this just as just as well as as a man Lynn what do you think about that <laughs>
1: <What are> you... <laughs> throwing that right over to me um... I am <laughs> Huh. Well, uh, you know, you know. Here's my my take on this: is that I I, I really think that there that there the gender bias is out there, um, eh, but I also feel that there are men and women in every industry who are going to rise above that. Um, and so, uh, you know, to your point, I think the first thing I would ask is, are you truly qualified for the position? You know, and an example would be. A firefighter, which requires significant physical strength, and so if you can bench press ten reps of your body weight, you know, yeah, you're qualified, and you should be posting your the, the videos to Facebook, you know, every week that you're you know, every day that you're doing that, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think that you know when I look at this question, I just say from my own personal experience is that that what we have to look at is that it is going to be there. I think that it absolutely is there. But there will be people who will rise above it. And that we have to remember that all the women who've come before, for generation after generation, they fought for everything that we now have. I mean, whether it's being allowed to even attend college, um, to, to vote, Um, to actually being able to participate in in school sports, you know, where that occurred with Title IX. So I think that for us as women, we need to embrace our inner trailblazer and and just shatter the bias. I mean, just go out there and do it. Um, And I know that's sometimes harder um, to do than it is to say, um, but that's how we've done it. Year, year decade after decade, century after century. And, and Rachel, I, I, I'd love to hear from your perspective as, as the, the new wave of women who are going to go out there and, and shatter um, that ceiling.
3: <laughs> well, I would never presume to represent the entire new wave of women. <laughs> but um, look, I, from what I can tell, gender bias is very real and it exists in every career field. Even things that you think of as being female-dominated, nursing, male nurses are paid more than female nurses. In fact, every job where women are, they're paid less. And if it's a female-dominated field, then that field is paid less. Biology used to be considered a very hard science, and since women have now dominated biology, it's paid less. So I think that we really need to keep that in mind. And sometimes just pushing through the gender bias, if it is there, which I believe it is, isn't always possible sometimes you're just at a blockade that you uh, one individual can't break through sometimes you personally don't have the emotional or mental tools to get through that not everyone does that doesn't mean you're weak doesn't mean you're stupid it just it's a different way of look dealing with the world Mm -hmm. so but building on what Tina and Lynn said women have been working on this for centuries and decades and every year we're making progress so in 2016 if you are dealing with A gender bias in the hiring process that is unacceptable and that needs to be taken very seriously and I might be going a little nuclear here but I think that if you have strong evidence and if you feel like you have a strong case you need to report that. You need to go to the human resources department of that company that that didn't hire you because you clearly see gender bias Um, you need to report that and if you really want to go hardcore if you have a very strong case I would take it all the way to the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunities Commission. Because under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, they can't discriminate against you based on your sex, your gender identity, or your sexual orientation, regardless of contrary state law. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's something that you really need to to take down if if you want to, if that sounds like a challenge you're willing to take on. If you're not hired due to gender bias, that you think is very clear, then Maybe it was just that one person, but maybe it's also a structure within the companies. And if that's the case, you probably don't want to work there anyway. So you might have actually just dodged a bullet in that case. So whether you decide to report it or not, I would say that you should, you know, count your blessings and say, you know, that wasn't the right fit for me anyway.
2: Yeah, now, I'd like to make one, one comment if I if I can because we started with the question as it being a male-dominated field which then the conversation went to gender bias and both Lynn and Rachel and Rachel beautiful both of you did a great job in, in addressing gender bias. I was talking and my, my comments were based on a male dominated field but certainly the two of you have presented terrific ideas about gender bias which is in my estimate, it's a, a different type of, of um, question. or, or it, It's a different question and a different topic. But I, I thought that you both addressed it very nicely. Thank you.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Lynn, Tina, and Rachel, thank you so much for all your great responses. Uh, we have time for one question from the audience, and we have one from Heather in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Heather asks, I have my degree in English and I've been applying to jobs for quite a while and I haven't found anything that's a good fit. So what I'm looking into now is other fields. I'm wondering if you have any advice for using the skills or degree that you have to sell yourself to another field that you don't have direct experience in. Lynn, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, well, you know I actually think we 've been speaking to this to a certain extent, especially when we 're talking about um, you know your your skill set and uh, and and how you frame your resume i I, I want to go back to what I said earlier that I think women undersell their skills um, they downplay them, um, they go with the modest routine uh, and we really need to shout it out you know what we 've accomplished and when you think about some of the things that, that you've done and, and and maybe that they're not in the workspace. So maybe um, you're in Rotary and you were on the chair to organize a craft fair. Well, oh, that's a huge event. Lots of things that you had to do to do that. All of a sudden you're an event planner. I mean, you've organized a huge project um, with multiple components and uh, with all kinds of different dependencies that are interlocking and how you can articulate that, you know, into a skill is really important. I mean, to, to share, you know, what you can, what you've been able to do. So you need to think in terms of what it is that you did and and how does that apply um, for, in the business world and to different um, positions and to different skills. And sometimes having like a sort of a free form conversation with your friends, or your peers about your skills and about things that you've done. Well, what does that mean? You know, uh, maybe you climb to the top of like where here I am, like Mount Rainier. Well, my gosh you had to train for that i mean the endurance um the planning i mean there's once again there's all these things that you did to accomplish that and how do you um translate that um into your resume in for a new industry so that they can recognize you know wow this 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 is what we're looking for this type of um individual who can do these and accomplish these things. I mean, that had to be hugely challenging. Wow, that that's the type of person we want on our team. So that would be one of the things I think you really, and sometimes you need help because you can't see it. And, um, you know, maybe it takes a couple glasses of wine. I don't know, but just start, you know, going around the table and talking about what you've done and and, and what, the, what skills were needed to do those. And even from the simplest things of 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 planning an elaborate meal for a dinner party. I mean, that takes a lot of planning and skill, you know. So start thinking about that, and then how do you articulate that? So I mean, that that's sort of where I would come from. Um, Rachel, um, what what would you have to add?
3: You know, it's actually kind of funny because just today I was seeing um, a picture going around on mostly Facebook, but also on Tumblr, and it was talking about how you can take skills from the role-playing game Dungeons and & Dragons and put them on your resume. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but the way they described it is you would put it underneath relevant skills under team building and you can say things like, I met with peers for twice monthly creativity and conflict resolution exercises. I gained necessary experience for character and skill development. I learned to quickly assess situations and collaborate to find best practice solutions. You know, it sounds crazy, but you can learn skills even from role-playing tabletop, like table board games. Um, so it's just, it's a matter of how you frame those skills and how you really look at it. And in the case of Heather, with your English degree, I imagine that you probably wrote a lot of essays. So something that you can obviously uh, market is that you have strong written communication skills, and which is necessary in any field, in any job. You can say that you have experience analyzing written documents, you can look at a conversation and see how conflicts arose and how they were resolved, you can, uh, you can analyze themes. You have a lot of skills that you maybe can't put underneath your education or your prior work experience sections, but you can certainly put them under special skills, and that's what I would recommend to you. Tina, what do you suggest?
2: Well those are all great ideas that both you and Lynn have shared. Um, I, I put all this under something that I call transferable skills. Um, I think that all that we have ever done or ever are to do can be translated into something into something else so whether it be that uh, from an interpersonal standpoint where we know uh, that we how to get along well that we get along well with others or that we're a team player if there's um Uh, some kind of an organizational skill maybe you're very good at planning and time management these are all skills that can be looked at and retooled for a particular position so uh, Heather you have a degree in English my goodness there are so many opportunities out there that uh, perhaps an advertising agency would be interested in in having an individual with your with your background that that writes well and that that can come up with ideas and concepts and use that in a in a creative manner and work well with uh in in uh developing new concepts uh within a within a team for ideas for for an advertiser um, it may be that a magazine publisher might be interested in in having you work uh, in uh, in the content or in uh, uh, like a junior editor or a, uh, somehow or another go in with uh, helping to, to write articles uh, that there are different ways in different things whether they be interpersonal skills or your leadership skills organizational skills you think about the background and the things that you've done in the past Heather if you take all of those and look at how they may re- relate to a particular position that you might be applying for or a field that you might be applying for when you're doing research on that field th- the, there are some common denominators that that may come up and the types of jobs that may be coming in uh, or or the types of positions that are available within a particular field. Let's say you're interested in life sciences, which could be um, animal health, or it could be um, human health, it could be um, a, 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 a drug manufacturer. Well, here you have a degree in English, but I never thought about working for a drug manufacturer, I wonder what I could do with a drug manufacturer well, just a background alone with your degree in English could could be in any number of places it could be in in communications it could be in marketing uh, it could be in brand management and there are a number of different layers and and uh, and jobs within each of those big umbrellas so take a look at at what things you enjoy doing. Do you enjoy planning? Do you have great problem-solving skills um, you may be great in math well perhaps they're, they're not asking for for any kind of a math degree but certainly that math comes into setting budgets and, and inventory management and, and so so I would I would encourage you to think kind of outside of just the the vertical line of I have a degree in English and what am I going to do Think about how those how those past experiences that you have can bring value to what your future opportunities are.
0: All right. Thank you, Lynn, Tina, and Rachel, for your very interesting insights today. And thank you to everyone who joined us. We hope you'll listen in on next week's podcast. And as always, if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to discuss in our podcasts, please feel free to email us at conversation at petite Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.